It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Don't forget, a way to support PW Torch when you shop Amazon is start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Instead of going right to the Amazon homepage, start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. You'll see a giant Amazon logo. Just click on that. It takes you right to the Amazon homepage. But they know that we sent you there, and uh, we get credit. We get a commission for that. So next time you're going to shop at Amazon, think of us and start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Now, P.W. Torch brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's WWE SmackDown Live. All right, Jake, do you have a prediction based on what we saw on SmackDown tonight? Who challenges AJ Styles for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam? My gut's telling me Samoa Joe. I, I think there's... Yeah, there's been enough uh, tension that they've been building on the show about what Joe has been going to do next, and they've kind of had him working in the background despite having some strong performances on TV. And I know he's been working with AJ on the house show circuit, so it seems like that's the most likely uh, choice heading into next week. And how do you like the approach of having Paige announce it next week but not have it utterly predictable? Um in the sense that, okay, we're going to just have this match to determine it, a gauntlet, a two triple threat matches, or some crazy stuff like that, uh, or a number one contendership match, but just have Paige announce it based on, I assume, the totality of evidence and accomplishments of the small circle of people who would be in line for such a prestigious slot. Um, do you like this, or would you like to see something where when she announces it, it feels a little more obvious? I don't think it needs to feel obvious. I think they're doing that the other approach on Raw, you know, with having multiple matches leading to a number one contenders match, and it's a change of pace. I think that's required to set the brands apart. And I think you can make an argument that uh, you know the general manager is qualified to pick a uh, a number one contender, you know, just based on her observations of the show. And so it works for me. I wouldn't want them to do the same exact thing that Raw is doing because it would just feel like it was repetitive. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I actually like this 
this approach. I, I think that well. Let's construct briefly here a short list, and we'll talk about some of the pros and cons of of other options that that could work, whether it's realistically in their plans or not, a little beside the point. But I I would say that they tried to set up uh, the idea that Andrade San Almas wants to be in that position, and they told the story that Zelina Vega thought the red carpet would be ruled out, they'd get more opportunities. He'd have had to have won tonight in order to be on that list. I, I think it's safe to eliminate him because if they're announcing it next week, there's just no time for him to work his way back onto the radar as preposterous as it would be for him to get it anyway. It's like just un- it's not even feasible at this point storyline wise. Yeah, I think you know Almas and and Joe would be the two that uh, that jump out, and I guess Randy Orton would be a, a wild card. You know, with with him returning and ostensibly taking on a heel role and having that, you know, but, you know, it really already seems like he's in a program, uh, whether, you know, he's officially in one or not. And everybody else on this show seemingly already has a dance partner in mind for SummerSlam. So I think it's, it's really down to, you know, uh, Almas or or Joe, unless they're they're planning on pulling a a surprise return, but it just doesn't seem likely at this point. No, no, and, and I think another person who would have been uh, a very worthy SummerSlam main event for Styles would have been Daniel Bryan. He seems to be paired off with Miz now. Uh, I don't think they would have given that much attention to Miz and Bryan tonight if the idea was next week to just shift to Daniel Bryan against AJ at SummerSlam. But that is sort of my second pick. I, I'm just not sure, and um, I mean. Maybe tied with Randy Orton, because I agree with your reasons for thinking it's neither are likely. But Randy has all this heat on him. The problem is, is again, why would Paige reward that behavior to someone who... I mean, she'd have to make the case that he was a number one contender before he was out for a while. And for some reason, he deserves it more than Samoa Joe. I don't know how she makes that case intelligently. Not that WWE creative are necessarily obsessed with making their GM seem reasonable and rational. Yeah, I, I guess it's you know Paige has at least been she hasn't been as abused on screen as Kurt Angle has. No, so I think she she has she has a bit more credibility in that regard. But yeah, I think they they wouldn't want to torpedo that by having her reward Randy Orton with a world title shot just based on you know how he's appeared and and, and you know broken up other things that she's put together in books. So I, I don't think that's you know makes a whole lot of sense storyline wise. But I guess you can't rule anything out or even a multi man match. You know, depending on you know how they want to put this thing together, what matches they have planned for SummerSlam, how the show times out, and all that. I, I'm assuming it's going to be an even longer show than Extreme Rules, maybe even up to five hours, depending on how far they push the pay per view schedule. So we we might see more singles matches than than we expect. I'm not quite sure what to think so far. Yeah, that that is the other option is is to say, well, um, you know, they, they said on today's show, Andrade uh, wants an opportunity. Uh, Paige could come out there and say there is no clear-cut number one contender, so we're going to do a fatal four-way, and uh, we're you know, and she could have a match you know, or, or a series of matches next week to d- decide that. I guess the announcement doesn't have to be I am picking one person. The announcement could be I'm picking four people, or it could be I'm picking you know three challengers, but it's going to be three on three. Winning team gets. I mean, they can do all kinds of things to fill TV time next week and get to this. But if they did a three or four way, then I guess you could say, all right, well, Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, 
uh, Andrade Cien Almas, maybe Rusev for putting in a, quote, good showing, and Aiden English costing him a win. They could throw him in there. I, I wouldn't rule that out either, but it, it does seem to be pointed towards uh, Joe and Style. So we'll explore this more as the show continues, but let's set the table here. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show, recorded Tuesday, July 17th, 2018, immediately following WWE SmackDown on USA Network. And I'm Wade Keller, host of the program. You can hear me four days a week here on the Wade Keller Processing Post Show. And then later in the week on the flagship and interview Friday on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. And all you got to do to subscribe to both shows is search Wade Keller and subscribe to both the red logo and the blue logo with my name and face on it. I am joined today on the post show by Jake Barnett from ProWrestling.net, making his return to the show after a couple months away. Jake, welcome back. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. Always happy to be with you, Wade. Excellent. You can uh, check out Jake's reports, by the way, on ProWrestling.net. He uh, covers SmackDown live on uh, on ProWrestling.net every Tuesday night, or just about every Tuesday night. You miss a week here and there. Um, but then I th- do you end up doing the hit list if Jason cover Jason Powell covers SmackDown? Is that how that Typically works? Typically so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I also I, I do a couple of podcasts on the website as well. I'm, I'm not nearly as busy as you are, obviously, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I do appear a couple days a week. Yeah. And then uh, speaking of Jason, he will be on the flagship this week with me on uh, the flagship Thursday edition of the Wade Keller Processing Podcast. And we'll cover a wide array of topics. I do want to urge you, if you have a topic or question or comment on the current wrestling scene, doesn't have to be WWE and Extreme Rules, Raw, SmackDown, SummerSlam related, or Miz and Mrs. or Total Bellas. You can talk about anything WWE related, but also Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, MLW, uh, The uh, we can talk about Mr. Saito, anything you want to talk about, send us a question or comment for the flagship to Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Get those questions in by early Wednesday afternoon, so we have a chance to uh, use them when we record the Thursday flagship. All right, uh, we've got uh, phone lines open, and we want to hear from you and what you thought of tonight's show. So give us a call, 347-215-8558. That is 347-215-8558. You can also email the show right now at Podcast at pwtorch.com. Let's go to the phone lines, Jake, and begin at uh, area code 814. 814, please state your name and the city you're calling from. This is Ryan from Crumlin, Maryland. Hey, Ryan, what's on your mind tonight for watching SmackDown? Uh, I have a uh, question about some of the uh, couples on SmackDown. He thinks it's more likely to hold the, the world title and women's title, say, uh, Rusev and Lana holding the titles together, or say um, Amis or Vega holding the titles together. Because I think that could happen. I'm just not quite sure if the woman could carry the division, and I want to hear your thoughts on that, if they could or not. Interesting. Uh, Jake, yeah, uh, between those two and then among any others out there, that might get uh, linked up, I guess. Uh, any Anyone come to mind who could hold singles titles together, you know, or at the same time, I guess, concurrently? I'm trying to. So it would be Vega and uh, Almas, yeah. Rusev, and Lana. And I'm trying. To, is the other couple on SmackDown? Is that uh, uh, Jimmy Uso and Naomi? Would those be the oh, three? Oh yeah, that'd be a candidate. Potent, 
potential yeah. candidates. I, I'd, I'd probably say Vega and Almas, just because it's, I, you know, and and maybe you'd have to put Jimmy Uso as a candidate for a, a mid card title at some point if they ever decide to make him a, a singles wrestler. But you know, if I'm choosing based on, you know, today, then it would be Almas and and Vega. I, I think. Uh, you know, Almas is is just, you know is extremely talented, and and probably Vega is is a better wrestler uh, overall than Lana is, who is still very green at this point. So that would be my choice. But and, and we know could, we know that stops Vince from putting titles on women. Well, especially <laughs> especially blondes who are very attractive. Yeah. Yes. So we'll uh, we'll have to see uh, you know if that ever happens. But you know. They're they're probably all equally likely of happening at some point, but I I just I don't know if we'll ever see that storyline play out where a husband and, and wife or whatever hold uh, hold championships together. It just doesn't seem like something WWE would would be too into at this point. I don't I don't think they they're going to go out of their way to do it. Like I don't think that's something that they're going to be like. Let's look f- let's make this happen that a man and a woman who are paired up on TV, whether they're paired up in real life in any way or not. I just don't know if that's something that they're going to chase down. Um, you know, I guess Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella would be an option uh, at some point, too. I think that's probably the most likely of any of the options that, that come to mind that are out there. All right, let's go to 585 next. Uh, 585, state your name and where you're calling from. Hi, Wade. This is Stephen Miller from Canandaigua, New York. Hey, David. What's on your mind tonight? What do you think is back on? Well, I think the number one choice for Styles at SummerSlam would be Samoa Joe. He got a strong victory over Ty Dillinger tonight. Uh, As far as CM Almas goes, I really think they pulled the trigger too quick on that match with AJ tonight. It was good, but he went from beating Sin Cara just not very long ago straight to AJ Styles. I think they could have uh, really built, built that up to be a really good good match um as you said orton's got his own thing going on right now with uh with uh hardy and, and i just i think that uh, i think joe versus styles would be the most compelling match at this point for some reason yeah yeah i agree with you I, one of my talking points coming out of the show jake was the idea of putting almas against aj i i say this all the time they gotta fill tv time and, and I get that. And, and you know, you, you want to make compelling matchups. And sometimes you're going to have to give away a match that under other circumstances, when you had, you know, one-hour tours, a weekly TV, and it was squash match-oriented, you wouldn't you won't give away if you could help it. Um, so, so with that taking into account, uh, was it too soon to throw Almas in there against AJ and to have him lose clean? Does that immediately put a ceiling on Almas, or can they use it as some sort of, Storyline, and maybe there'll be some follow-up, and they'll do a compressed version of uh, what they did in NXT, where Zelina will be like, well, you know, you lost because you were up partying on Monday night, um, or on Sunday night and Monday night, you are partying, celebrating your win over your old friend, Sin Cara. you got to get on track. Could, could this be the start of, of something like that? Yeah, I think they left, you know, there's positives and negatives to it. They, they left a couple of things out. You know, they, they didn't really go hard with the Zelina Vega interference, and they didn't have Styles kick out of the hammerlock DDT, so the, they kind of protected his finisher in a way there. Um, I think the one mistake they made was that they 
they had uh, you know all the damage that Styles had done earlier in the match to almost his knee happen during one of those picture-in-picture commercial breaks where I think a lot of people probably zone out of the show thinking it's kind of like a, a half a commercial break. Yeah. And so if you if you had missed that, uh, it, it's probably likely that uh, you know that that quick tap out at the end of the match seemed a little bit too soon. But um, you know, I, I think it, it was probably going to happen at some point that they were going to put him up against uh you know a, a big name superstar and i think he put on a good showing against style so overall I, I think it was probably more positive than negative yeah i i think as long as the match serves a purpose and that they own what happened and and not run from it because fans will remember that he was defined down by losing to aj if it isn't part of the journey of the character that they're following if it's part of his journey great wrestlers lose to great wrestlers and there's no shame in that and it was what did it go? Fourteen minutes? Fifteen minutes, Jake? Um, yeah, it was it was fourteen and some yeah. change. You know, yeah, I, I think it was it was interrupted by you know at least two of those picture in picture commercial breaks. So that that always kind of sucks away from the flow of a match. And you know they they they, they think they did enough to protect Almas here. Yeah. I mean, I, it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Yeah, in a perfect world, you would have had some kind of interference finish or something that left the, the, the conclusion open. But it wasn't the end of the world to have him tap out to the world champion. I, I don't think you really lose a whole lot in that situation. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And Selena Vega did did distract and shove AJ during one of the commercial breaks. It was, you know, mid-match, but still, it was there. Uh, but I, I agree with you. The announcers didn't draw enough attention to what happened during the break uh, uh, later in the match. So it, it protected Almas a little less that they didn't accentuate the idea. Well, if not, you know, you can hear Graves saying it, or even Byron, you know, if not for that knee injury, um, or, you know, if not for that one move that sort of set him back, it might be different next time. So, anyway, uh, David, anything else for us? Uh, yeah, just a really strong ending, I thought. I like uh, I like Randy Orton's uh, re- return here. He he was getting very stale as a baby face, and, and he, he just got a ton of heat there at the end, and that I, I thought that was a very strong finish for the show, and that Swanton, wow, uh, 
that really connected, but just great action at the end of the show. Good way to close it out. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Jake, what what'd you think of? Uh, well, first of all, I'll underline the Swanton. Uh, Shinsuke started to sit up or lean over or something, and it led to a kind of an awkward impact, full on impact by Hardy. What do you think of what they're doing with Randy? And do you have a theory on what Randy's reason is going to be for attacking Jeff Hardy? Yeah, I, I don't really have an operating theory thus far. Um, I, I have to think about what Randy was doing before his disappearance that uh, that may have have caused this. But I, I think the uh, the Swanton is more related to. I think Jeff has said this in recent interviews that he's done that uh, he just kind of uses his opponent as a crash pad at this point because he can't take the bump like he once did yeah. because of his because of his lower back injury. But uh, the attack was great. I mean, I, I think, you know, the the violence level was a, a little bit higher than what we've you know, become accustomed to seeing on WWE TV, particularly with uh, Orton using that, you know, that gauge that popped out of Hardy's ear to sort of yank him to his feet and throw him over the announcer. It looked brutal, even though it probably wasn't as painful as as you might imagine. But, uh, yeah, I, it was I more it than the threat. Really well. I think it was more the right. threat of the possibility of just tearing his ear lobe and the exactly. leverage that is we're not you know we're not used to feeling i mean the women in the crowd holding their ears like you know their earlobes um I, I cringed looking at that i thought he just rammed him into the steel steps hard too like had you know the back of his head just random three about three times into the steps it it looked brutal i hope it wasn't um you know i hope hope they were protecting each other but yeah i mean randy is intense and and i agree with you stale as a baby face and if he's going to have any hope to seem interested in his job, I think it has to involve being a heel. He said he prefers being a heel, and I think it comes through. The question is, and I, by the way, I think if you're going to turn him heel, turning him on Jeff Hardy is a good person to do it against. Um, there, you know, Because Randy's a legacy star, and there's going to be people who cheer him for being tough and brutal and intense. And so the target of the attack and the, the, the context of the attack, which is costing Hardy the U.S. title twice now, uh, you hope that gets the heel heat that, uh, that, that an angle like that is designed for. Um, I, I don't think the announcing does a consistently good job making sure that cheating is seen as some sort of uh, you know, shameful negative. There's comments here and there that, uh, that, that help support that approach to booking, and then other times it undercuts it. But um, I, I think there's a decent chance that he will end up um, that he will end up getting booed, especially against Jeff Hardy one on one. I don't think guys have turned against Hardy. You know, like I don't think they'll side with Orton against Hardy in big numbers. Typically, you know, Orton has been one who gets you know predictable reactions, whereas you know the the guys who who split the audience, like you know Cena and Reigns, they you know they they end up getting mixed. But or, or throughout his career, Orton's typically been been pretty good about swinging a crowd in in one direction or another. I mean, I, I yeah. guess they have to. They have to resist, uh, you know, making Orton sort of predictable and boring, which I think is a problem that they've had over the years where he, you know, he comes back and he has a real hot angle and then he just ends up going out there and cutting the same promo every week for a couple of months and and then you're just kind of tired of the act. So they'll have to keep him fresh and if they're able to use 
you know, this this level of violence is a way to separate him from others on the card, except from somebody like Samoa Joe, who who is probably equally physical. I think it'll be a, a boost for him because it it seemed like you know when his babyface run got stale for a number of reasons, but even even previous to that, when he was doing heel work, he had gotten stale because he just kind of felt like just another guy. So they'll have to do something with him that makes him feel special. Yeah, yep, yeah, I agree with you. Um, let's go to nine oh two next. Nine oh two. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're calling from mike from anaganish canada hey mike thanks for calling good to hear from canada what would you think of smackdown um i actually i really like smackdown tonight i felt like there was a lot of storyline telling that went into uh the thought process tonight getting ready head towards SummerSlam. i was actually pretty impressed with that <laughs> yeah yeah I, th- I think i just the general feedback i've seen and i agree this was a better follow-up a more logical follow-up to the pay-per-view than, than on Raw last night. Although I think Raw had its had a good aspects to it too. I, I agree with that. The the only the only and this is kind of nitpicking or maybe not so much is I still feel like the uh, the WWE title is not the most important thing happening on SmackDown right now because uh, the of the intensity of the US title situation or or Miz and Bryan or or perhaps both. A combination of, of a lot of things. Um, yeah. I think it was fantastic that AJ got the win tonight over uh, Andrade Almas. I think that's fantastic because I hate seeing the champion lose on a very regular basis. Right. Yeah. But Miz and Brian seems bigger. Um, yeah, I, I loved Randy Orton destroying Jeff Hardy. I can't wait to see Orton <laughs> get his comeuppance with with that one. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, ho- hopefully, uh, I think this was just kind of a a week where AJ got to have a really good good match with somebody, and then next week we'll start to see towards a uh, build of hopefully a uh, Samoa Joe feud. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think Hardy getting the win over Andrade tonight is similar uh, to Dolph Ziggler getting a win over Bobby Roode last night on Raw. You know, it's just sometimes just give a champion a chance to defend the title or just have a match, I guess, as champion in the case of both of them, um, and, and just get a win against somebody who's credible. And I, I like that. I don't think that yeah. they should run from that. Exactly. I've I've watched AJ lose far too many matches on on TV. I mean, I know he's winning where it counts, but yeah. it, it's still nice to see the champ pick up a, a win every now and again on on live TV. <laughs> totally agree. Uh, anything else for us, Mike? The uh, yeah, just uh, hopefully they can keep the momentum going into uh, into uh, SummerSlam. <laughs> I, I hope so, too, and I think they're set up nicely next week, including, thanks, Mike, by the way, uh, uh, Jake, the, the title match, or the uh, win and get a title match match next week with Becky Lynch and Carmella. I, I, Becky is just, she is a, uh, a, has the lost art of telling fans enthusiastically how much she wants to win, how hard she works, and how much their their support means to her. And it's just nice to see something that I think at one point became passe and was seen as corny. And she does it so well. I don't think anybody thinks it's corny or is groaning or rolling their eyes or thinking it's too old school. I think it just works. And, and I think it's setting up a really good women's title match at SummerSlam if, if Becky does win next week. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with more than uh, two women involved in, in the SummerSlam title match. I think Charlotte's set to return to TV next week um, or maybe the week after. And, and I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't be shocked to see three or four women end up in the SmackDown women's championship at, uh, at SummerSlam. But I do agree, you know, with you on, on the premise about Becky. She has that, uh, 
that Daniel Bryan quality of being able to be really sincere and likable without coming across as completely cornball and fake. And uh, I think they they've really missed on capitalizing on that in in favor of uh, you know of cycling through you know all the Regina George Mean Girls uh, blonde baby <laughs> heel champions that they've been going through you know yes. for seemingly forever uh, you know on both Raw and and SmackDown. So hopefully they they're able to sort of resurrect direct the the division with the with a nice change of pace I, I think the the character work has been has been okay you know but the matches have really suffered as a result of uh you know of carmella having the championship exactly yeah you want, just hopefully becky can bring her to her best match yet and and we'll see uh, all right, international call six one four two one five are the first few numbers uh, if you heard a beep that's you state your name and where you're calling from uh hi it's adam from australia Hey, Bob, thanks for calling back. What have you got for us today? <laughs> How you going? <laughs> um, yes, I just wanted to talk about the uh, Jeff Hardy-Shinsuke uh, uh, match. Um, I just found it really difficult to really invest in that match because you just knew 100% that Orton was going to interfere. Um, it just would be nice sometimes if uh, WWE doesn't insult the intelligence of the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that they were trying to be sneaky by not talking much about Randy Orton. Um, it, but it, I think it sort of backfired because that's a big deal. Randy's a big star. And, you know, they talked about it in the video package at the top of the show. But then it was like, ah, you know, we just sort of forget about that. You know, they didn't ask where's Randy or anything like that. I, I wish they actually drew more attention to it and had some some story that would make us think he wasn't there or wouldn't be allowed there and he still was there. I don't know, Jake, how do you feel about that? Do you think most viewers were like Adam? Um, and thought, yeah, this is, uh, you know, obviously it's going to end with Randy running in. Because at the end of the match, that's certainly where my thoughts were, too. Yeah, I was in the same boat. You know, they, they were conspicuous in their lack of conversation about him throughout the show. They didn't really show any, you know, any you know, still photos. I think they, they showed a brief snippet of the, the kick to the groin, you know, that kicked off the show. But then the announced team, uh, you know, didn't talk about it. Hardy didn't talk about it in his promo. Neither did Shinsuke when they went, went backstage to him. So I, I think they wanted to set it up as a surprise. But it was, you know, it's like one of those worst kept secrets things it it doesn't need to happen like this they could have easily set up a, a story or had Paige acknowledge what she was going to try to do to keep him from interfering in the main event or any number of things that would have made it seem less insulting to fan intelligence uh adam anything else for us uh, i just want to uh, talk about uh the miz um he's uh has really become uh, my favorite uh, wrestler i guess over the last couple of years but i just wanted to get your opinion on what do you think the time frame is for him to to become uh, the WWE champion, and I know he has said he wants to be the face of the company. I just want to do you do you think that's a legitimate uh, goal for the Miz to really take the next step to be a top top guy? What do you think, Jake? Well, I think he's proven himself to be one of their best all around performers. Uh, you know, he he used to be somebody you could say you know could talk himself into pretty much any match that he wanted, but. You know, there was questions as to whether he could deliver in the ring. And I think he's really sort of buttoned up that part of his game over the last couple of years. You know, he's had some really, you know, rather impressive matches over that time period. And so I'd I'd say it's I don't know if they'll ever see him as the face of the company, but he's certainly somebody that they turn to, you know, to do promotions. He's got that reality show. You know, they they know that they can count on him 
So I, I can't really rule out him being a world champion again, you know, sometime in the next year or two. But I, I just don't know if he'll ever be the guy that they define a brand with. He's just not that kind of personality. Yeah, I'm with you. As, as opposed to repeating what you said, I just second it. Yeah, I, I don't think they build around him long term. But I think he'll probably be world champion, but not long term. More of a transition uh, of some kind. Uh, Adam, uh, any final words from you before we move on? No, that's all. Thank you. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Taking my call. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Good to hear from you, guys. All right, let's go to eight five six next. Eight five six. Thanks for calling. State your name and the city you're calling from. Uh, hey, Wade. This is Chris from New Jersey by way of Savannah. Excellent. Thanks, Chris. Georgia. Yeah, yeah. What's in your mind tonight? Hey, um, so, okay, I got three questions for you. Do you want them all up front or you want them individually? Uh, let's take them individually. Okay. Uh, first question, um, who do you see challenging the Bludgeon Brothers for the tag belts at SummerSlam? Um, my bet, my case would be for the bar, Yeah. Um, but I actually haven't seen them on TV recently, and I'm not sure if you know if they're injured or, or what the deal is with them. Uh, uh, Jake, what, do you know the status? I know... Both of them, I thought, had injuries, mostly Sheamus, in terms of, like, nagging injuries where some rest was due. But I don't remember about any kind of surgery where it'd be locked, where it'd lock him out for a long stretch. Yeah, I don't think that was the case either. I know Sheamus had gotten a diagnosis for spinal stenosis that he yeah. had talked about in uh, in interviews. I, I think he, he may be, you know, rehabbing that as a as a nagging injury you know that i don't know i know cesaro was also kind of banged up he's had you know knee and shoulder issues that they've been rehabbing him through but uh, they've been off tv now for seemingly a couple of months so they may you know they could appear next week and feel pretty fresh well since the b team are the tag champs i don't think we can rule out our truth and ty dillinger as uh, the summer slam tag champs <laughs> and then we're gonna have joke joke tag teams on both um i mean the usos i would say are in contention anderson and gallows could be heated up uh, so I would say Usos or the return of the bar are kind of the top two candidates. They they certainly, the Usos have been in the mix, but weren't um, this last time. So, I, I, you know, because the team hell no. So I guess maybe I'd lean a little stronger towards the Usos with the bar being uh, uh, definitely worth keeping an eye out for. Next, yeah. Would, um, would, sanity be, would sanity be ruled out because of their sort of similarity to the Bludgeon Brothers kind of? Uh, yeah, and because they're both heels, and I don't think they're ready to put those two heel teams against each other where fans would have to choose and one would probably get cheered. And also, I just think the way mm-hmm. they book, the New Day feud's going to last another 6 to 12. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Second question. Um, do you see any guiding logic as to when uh, they do or don't provide the picture-in-picture commercial thing? Um, I noticed they did it today for the AJ match, but not for the U.S. title match. Um, so I was wondering if... It maybe has something to do with the time of the show when it's when the commercials are airing or anything like that, or is it just random? Yeah, Jake, I picked up on that. It's not random, um, and it seems like it's during the the first match and the last. Maybe usually the last match. It doesn't feel random to me. It feels like there's a pattern to it. It's it's typically not uh, at the like the fifth quarter hour, like where they they'll have like a big promo segment or a yeah. big match at the, at the top of the second hour and and the main event are usually off limits for those picture in picture promos but i've seen it appear basically everywhere else on the show okay yeah and i think they only do two per show where it's picture in picture but uh, do you, i do i haven't been keeping track i mean i just sort of you know when it comes up it just changes you know changes my attention obviously but other than that i haven't seen a real pattern and i mean sponsors are made aware of it and it's an experiment that TV, you know, live TV is trying. We see it in sports sometimes where the break is shorter or they'll do split screen while, while it's like the, uh, the, the uh, break in hockey, for instance, before the, the face-off, um, you know, but everyone's gathering. They'll do a picture-in-picture commercial, but they hope that people stick around because it's not a full-fledged break where it's a cut from the view. And advertisers, I don't think, have come to a conclusion of whether they think it's better or worse to have people at, buy their television but not paying full attention to the ads. So I think the reason they do some of one and some of the other is just to make the sponsors happy that maybe they're reaching more people by being presented in two different circumstances, once when they're the only thing on the screen and other times where maybe more people are paying attention, at least to the screen in general. Uh, I wonder if they pay less for Oh, I don't think they pay. Yeah, I don't think they pay less. In fact, I think WWE. If I, I think you can make a case, that's where you would pay more because your your next to action, your, where people are less likely to get up and leave because they're watching the match. But it's the, the commercial message is right there too. It's kind of hard to miss if it's right there on the screen. Also, and the audio matches the commercial. They're almost kind of bribing you into sticking around to keep half an eye on, on the action of the ring, but you're going to hear the commercial message. So I, th- I think it's a bit of a wash. You lose a little bit of the focus for those who watch anyway, but you gain some people paying attention who otherwise wouldn't. True. I actually find myself watching the commercial more often than watching the match for some reason, I guess because of the audio. <laughs> yeah, and just because uh, last- advertisers are good at making commercials interesting. I mean, they have to these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my last question, um, do you think Orton will have to tweak uh, the way he does the RKO now that he's a heel um, due to the move generally getting more of a huge pop from fans? Um, his regular, his wrestling style in general, actually, I think is fine for a heel. That sort of slow, methodical uh, style will work fine for a heel. But the RKO always gets that huge pop. So I'm wondering if you think he, there's any way he can sort of counteract that. That's a good point. Um, the, the RKO out of nowhere and just having a popular finisher can work against a heel's ultimate goal, which should be to get heel heat in order for the program and the match to, to, to you know tell the story effectively with the crowd response. Jake, uh, any 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 idea how they might switch that up or if they'll try? Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll even bother trying. 
<laughs> it's just going to be one of those things that uh, is impossible to, you know, to try to work your way. Around. I guess you could change the context of the RKO, you know, to, to make it seem more violent, you know, have have him hit it, hit it on uh, the steps or on announce tables or on chairs or on opponents that have already been, you know, beaten to the point where there's really no, it's not necessary to continue to do any, you know, so they'll have to avoid the, uh, the out of nowhere kind of, uh, gifable moments on, <laughs> on television. But I, I, I guess that's really all you can try to do. I think Randy should say every time he delivers an RKO, he's thinking about how much more money he makes than the fans and how much more famous he is and how much more beautiful his wife is than all the fans. And also dedicate every RKO to every baby bird that ever got eaten out of its nest. And then people would at least feel a little guilty cheering it. Maybe think twice. I don't know. It is, it's an uphill battle, but uh, they, I think they should put some thought into it, but it's not, yeah, it's not the end of the world of people boo Randy but pop for the move. That's sort of you know Elias's gimmick in reverse, I guess. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for answering my questions. Um, Wade, I've actually been writing the um, MLW TV reports for the site, and I just wanted to thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to do that. It's been really fun. Oh, awesome! Th- thanks for calling, Chris. I got to change your uh, the the CH on on the switchboard here to a K in, in, at the front of your name then. Um, <laughs> thanks. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the, I'm used to it. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh God, yeah. Um, well, th- thanks for calling. Call again, and everybody, check out his MLW reports on pwtorch.com. All right, thanks, guys. Have a cool. good day. Yeah, you bet. All right, uh, let's go to eight four three. Probably our final call here. Uh, eight four three. State your name and where you're calling from. TJ, South Carolina. Excellent, TJ. Good to hear from you. What's on your mind? What's going on, Wade and uh, Jake? So most of the callers kind of took away from most of my talking points, but I think the two things I really want to talk about. One, I feel like the Jeff Hardy ear gauge segment <laughs> was probably one of the most disturbing things I've seen <laughs> in wrestling in a while. <laughs> and I say that because Sunday night I watched Braun Strowman throw KO off a cage. And I feel like I was like, oh, kind of expected it. Yeah. I don't know. Tonight at the end, I was like, Dude, he's gonna rip his ear off. <laughs> I mean, this is some attitude. This is some attitude level savagery I'm watching right now. It's like, and there's no way that Randy Orton can be a babyface. Yeah, there's no, there's no way a babyface does not try to rip somebody's ear off. Yeah, by sticking their fingers through a hole in their ear. <laughs> now I know, obviously, he's got big gauges. Yeah, but there, there's no way. So I'm sitting there thinking that, and then I went back to a, a conversation that I think we all had back in. Uh, April, all of us. It was Rusev versus Randy Orton. And we said, we need a double turn. Rusev needs to go, needs to to go babyface. Orton needs to transform. I feel like we got it tonight because, wait, there is no other babyface on the roster on SmackDown except for Brian, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy. There's it. That's it. They got three. (laughs) Well, there's there is. It seen, has to be Rusev, right? You're, 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 we, did we get the double turn tonight? I don't know if Rusev officially turned, but I hope it's coming because the fans obviously want it. I mean, you're forgetting about Sin Cara, uh, Primo, and our Truth and Ty Dillinger, I guess, as singles wrestlers, and any of New Day could you know split off at any time. But no, no, seriously, you're right. I mean, it's ext- it is so lopsided right now, and I don't see another good candidate other than maybe Samoa Joe after the AJ Styles match. Uh, as a babyface, because it can't do Shinsuke or Miz or Andrade. They're all, for obvious reasons, should stay heel. Aiden English could, but he's just basically seen Kara then at that point. And Shelton Benjamin is just, you know, 
not taken seriously by creative. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 limited. I mean, they could do a call up, I guess, bring in Lars Sullivan or something like that. Or no, Lars would be a heel, so that doesn't work. Oh, and Gargano's not. And right by yet. the way, have you noticed? And have you noticed that Lana no longer has a Russian accent? No, she did tonight. Except for the word Rusev. Like, watch this. Watch she this, had the, watch the n- half of it though. She starts off. She starts off with the Russian accent, and she ends full American. <laughs> well, I, I will say this. I think the announcer should address it more that that she had, can speak in the accent or not because of her heritage, where she's lived, where she's been, and you know that she switches back and forth and make it so. Because I think it comes across to people as oh, it's fake because she forgot it, and instead it can sort of be like she just switches back and forth depending on what she's saying and the mood she's in. Uh, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, TJ? No, no, that was cool. it. You well, guys have a good night. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All right. Let's, uh, Jake, go to our next segment and talk to our on-site correspondent after this break. Before we do that, how can people follow you on social media and talk a little bit about the podcast that you're involved in? Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Barnett Jake, and uh, I, I join Jason Powell on a weekly basis to do the uh, .NET Weekly flagship show uh, over on the member side of the website, and then I also uh, join fellow contributor Will Pruitt for the Pretentious Wrestling Podcast, which generally goes up on uh, on Fridays. So you can find me there. Very cool. Uh, so check that out, and again tomorrow, Jason Powell, as uh, Jake mentioned, for Prosing.net, my guest on the flagship on our other. Uh, feed the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast as opposed to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. We will be back after this with our on-site correspondent to find out what it was like in the building, what happened that we did not see on TV, and crowd responses and all that good stuff. And we'll be back right after this. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast, Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other Pro Wrestling Media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. All right, we are back, and we are now joined by our on-site correspondent, Mike, who attended the event tonight in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Uh, Mike, thanks for taking time to talk to us. Hey, thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, uh, first things first, what was the crowd like tonight at the venue? The crowd was actually pretty good. Um, They were pretty into it for most of the night. Uh, It started off pretty good with AJ's match. People were really into that match, AJ Styles. Uh, chance all throughout the match and then with the next match being Becky Lynch right away people were right back into it uh, again with her um, and when she announced you know going after Carmella there at the end that got a, that got a nice pop as well she just kind of always uh, just is always right there with the crowd uh, it got a little oh no go ahead that's fine towards, Keep going. Oh, no, I'm sorry yeah, towards the end like the main event people were kind of I don't know, kind of like losing interest a little bit. And then right in the last, I don't know, two, three minutes, when Jeff started mounting his comeback, uh, people were kind of right back there. And then the whole thing with Randy Orton, uh, it was like, whoa. <laughs> cool. Um, how how uh, full was the building tonight also? You know, it's funny because that was one of the things that we were noticing. Like, what 
the seats that they had not roped off, it was it was full. But like the whole, the you know, the Mohegan Sun Arena is not a very big arena, and in the upper deck wise, like shooting towards the heart camera, that that was the only part of the upper deck that they let people see. Everything else was roped off. All around the hard camera area was roped off. I mean, it was it was interesting. I had I had attended an event, uh, SmackDown event there two years ago, and it wasn't like that. It was everything was open and it was really really full. But this one, it wasn't, which was interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why that is. Uh, uh, Jake, what have you got for Mike? You know, I, I guess the uh, the crowd late in the show, like you said, seemed to fade away. But uh, it yeah. seemed like the the major baby faces on the show, which at this point are Styles, Brian, and and I guess uh, Becky Lynch and Jeff Hardy, all four of them seemed to get a pretty good reaction. I, I think there's the WWE seems to have a problem with uh, with heels where you know, there's so many of them and they're, they're all over the show that the reactions have been really diminished. I guess, I don't know if you guys have all caught that same pattern, but the, all the baby faces that, uh, that are pure baby faces seem to be over right now. Yeah, that's true because like they did kind of roll one after the other because, you know, Jeff and then there was the Miz and then it was Becky Lynch and then it was Daniel Bryan. And, you know, it, you're right. It was, if that was a pop for those four. Yeah. They were right there. Did all the way through, and then even when Jeff came back out, it, did it seem like there was like serious heel heat for Randy Orton, or was he getting that legacy star? Hey, I didn't pay to see him, or I didn't know he was going to be here. Type pop, uh, or were people actually like, "Hey, this is this is over the line," and they kind of got pulled into the moment? Honestly, I think it was. We're not really sure what to do. <laughs> kind of reaction because he's he's been a face. And then he had that moment on Extreme Rules where it was like, uh, what? And then here, you know, he came out and he pulled Jeff out. And it was like, uh, you know, no one knew where he came from, first of all. There was like this huge shock of like, oh, whoa. And then it, like he just started beating the, you know, the holy heck out of Jeff. And then he, when he, you know, he started doing the thing with the ear. And, you know, people, including myself, we couldn't even watch. It was like, oh, gosh, please stop that. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was, it was more of a, we're not really sure what to do here. Are we supposed to boo? Are we supposed to cheer? He's Jeff. We love Jeff and he's hurting Jeff. We're not, you can tell people we're not really fans of that, but it's Randy Orton. So it was confusion. I would say. What kind of crowd response did Samoa Joe get? He got a huge response. (laughs) Um, it was funny because like when, um, uh, the perfect 10, right? His name escapes me now. Ty Chillinger. Uh, when he came out, people, including like all of my friends, were like, We're not sitting up until Samoa Joe comes out. And everybody around us, it was pretty much the same thing. It was like two guys that were doing the 10. And then Joe came out and everybody was up yelling, Joe, 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 Joe. No, uh, I would have just thought people would just sing, Joe's going to kill you for the entirety of the segment. That, there was a lot of that where we were, too. There was a lot of Joe's going to kill you. Yeah, yes. Did- it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. 
and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, did Ty seem to have any following? I mean, like... Were fans ha- at all happy to see him, or did they not even seem to know who he was, like on the totality of the crowd? I, no, no, I'm pretty sure there were seven people. <laughs> okay, not, good. Not quite ten. <laughs> I, yeah, I, would, I would have got my over-under was eight, so I lose. but Or I guess I don't lose, but um, I was close, yeah. Uh, uh, Jake, uh, anything else you want to ask Mike also? Yeah, I guess uh, I'm, I'm always curious what the reaction is uh, – in the arena when they do that softcore porn entrance from Andy Rose. <laughs> well, what do you see uh, when that was going on? Because for us, you know, if you've yeah. seen it at home, it's like that weird camera effect and the, right, the right. slow music. Is it just really weird and creepy in the arena? It is, actually, very much so. Because I, I was actually wondering how that was going to be live myself just because I've only ever seen it on TV. So when it happened in the arena, it was like, uh, I feel... I feel weird about this whole thing, and it and that's kind of like really how it was. Like no one really like cheered, no one really booed. Everybody just kind of just like stood there, wondering what we should be doing. Yeah, it, it's a little. It feels a little out of step with the tone of WWE these days, and yes. and a little tawdry. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's there's ways to you know be sexy and present sex symbols and not. Not be tawdry like this. I don't know. I mean, it's, right. it, and it's not right, like right. being prudish about it. It's just like it just feels out of context um, with with the. Old, I mean, you got yeah. New Day doing like Corey Graves. Well, well Corey's like Corey TV Co- going all crazy. Yeah, Corey needs it a, even more weird. He needs a private booth somewhere. I think. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's that that aspect adds adds uncomfort to. But yeah, I mean, you go from what New Day are doing and all of that, and it's just like, right. hey, everybody, we're you know. She's going to be out. She, yeah. Join her later at the strip club right down the street. You get half price if you bring your ticket stub. It's like the whole thing. Yeah. Wait, I didn't know that was that deal. <laughs> That's real. No, it's not real. Uh, so uh, let me ask this. Uh, did, was there a warm-up match before SmackDown went live? And then was what, did you stick around to see anything after SmackDown? Because I know we're talking to you um, even before 205 Live is over here. Yeah, so before, before uh, uh, SmackDown went live, it was the Usos versus the Bar. Oh, that answers um, a question uh, we had in the first. Yeah. Segment. Okay. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, this is a great, you know, yeah. match to get before the show goes on." And like, people were really into that match too. And you know, both those, all four of those guys, really kind of placated to the crowd as well. So, like, it was a lot of fun. It was a, and it was a really good way to get the, the crowd kind of into it. 
because, I mean, they did. They got the crowd really into it from the word go with just with that match. So, and the uh, Usos went over. Yeah, did did, uh, did it look like Sheamus and, and Cesaro were working injured or slow, or did they just seem 100% going at it? No, they seemed fine. Yeah, Absolutely good. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then for after... Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's what I'm going to say. So then afterwards, what did you see? Oh, uh, so then, so then, um, Paige came out uh, probably around the the whatever commercial was in the like the ni- early nine o'clock hour. Oh, I'm sorry, it was right after the Miz and uh, Daniel Bryan segment went to commercial. Paige comes out and she announced that the main event for our for us was going to be Daniel Bryan versus the Miz, which we kind of really wanted to stay around for, but there was a lot of us that have to get back for other. Uh, Stuff going on, so you don't want to miss. You didn't want to miss Randy, uh, Mandy at the uh, half break for half race. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You told me not to mention that. All right. You totally outed me, Wade. <laughs> um, well, that, yeah, that's a big match giveaway. So, um, yeah, but but it's a good way to get people to stick around, I guess. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, cool. I'm trying. To, what, where'd you sit, and uh, what'd you pay for your seats? We sat like um, maybe ten to fifteen rows, be right off Corey Graves' shoulder on the floor, right shoulder on the floor, and those were like thirty bucks plus the crazy fees. Yeah. Did, did did you notice anything from being in the building about the announcers and the dynamic? I'm always so it's kind of fun to see, you know, what the announcers are doing when they're talking. That if they look at each other a lot or check out notes. Like, did, did you observe anything being that close? <laughs> They get on their phone a lot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. And like, just I get coach. You know, is obsessed with Twitter and social media and stuff. But they all were doing that. They all were, and I happened to see. Like, I was on Instagram as I was leaving. I happened to see that even you know Corey Graves had put a picture out on Instagram um, when because he stood. For when we all had to you know stand for silence for Team Hell No, yeah. you know, he stood and the other two did. I saw he had posted that during the show. Oh, so like, all right, yeah. well, that's one of the things that they were doing. I guess they're still working then if they're promoting their social media uh, activity and engagement. They, they, it's a way to yeah. not yeah. just kill time twiddling thumbs during breaks, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, so any any other observations about uh, T-shirts, merch, crowd response, anything else from being in the building tonight you want to share? No, it definitely. Um, I'd say the biggest, the biggest pop all night was for AJ, and there was a lot of people wearing the AJ t-shirts. Um, all around us, it was AJ shirts. So, yeah, he was definitely the. Uh, but that was really the only thing that was, I really observed that was a standout. Were there any kids just totally freaked out that Kane's head was brought to the ring on a casket? <laughs> I don't really think they because where we were sitting. You couldn't really tell what was what he was doing because we had such a side profile of it. Yeah. That and all, there was a lot of kids around us, and I didn't hear any of them say anything about it. But yeah, I don't think they really knew. Now, Jake, were you expecting that that was actually going to turn out to be actually Glenn Jacobs' head? 
not severed, but instead sitting <laughs> up in a casket. And that, like, Miz would cut a... Because I was totally waiting for, like, Miz to cut a promo at the, quote, fake Kane mask. And then for, like, Kane to, like, actually blink his eyes and for Miz to, like, you know, faint or freak out or something. And Kane breaks out of the casket. I know he's got a sore ankle and he's nursing it. But I, I would, totally was expecting that the way they wheeled it to the ring. And it was so realistic. <laughs> yeah, I... I yeah. think the, uh, the the mannequin head was pretty obvious when they were when they were wheeling it out, but the I, I just figured it was the uh, you know getting the indie wrestlers in their place as Paul Bearer so they could take the beating when Brian showed up. But yeah, that would have been a much better segment than one you just described. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, Mike. Anything else you want to share? No, I'm cool. That's it. Well, th- thanks. Appreciate uh, you helping us out here. Hey, appreciate you having me on. Cool. We'll talk to you later. All right. Love the show, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, PW Torch fans. It's Sam Roberts, the last professional broadcaster, here to tell you about my podcast, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Every Thursday morning on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on YouTube, NotSam.com, wherever you get podcasts, you will find it. Interviews with the A-list of pro wrestling, whether it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, just recently Corey Graves, Mauro Ranallo, they're all guests of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, as well as regulars like Dan Soder and one of my favorite people to talk about pro wrestling with, Wade Keller. Plus, every week we do a deep dive and analyze what's going on in the world of pro wrestling this week with the state of wrestling. Bruce Pritchard calls it the best interview in wrestling podcasts. I don't know if that's true, but that's what Bruce Pritchard says. Subscribe now. Get it every Thursday morning across podcast platforms or get the premium version at stitcher.com slash not Sam. All right, we're back. It is time for the mailbag segment of the program. And let's go to uh, Scotty from Fort Lauderdale. Says, I love this heel version of Randy Orton. He's vicious, malicious, and dangerous. That's a shout out to Paulie. He's just more entertaining in this version than a lame and stale baby face that he had become. How far do you think they can go with this version of Randy? WWE title picture soon. I'd like to see him as a legacy, as a legacy star get one more run with the belt. Thank you, uh, and go VIP, everyone. Uh, thank you, Scott. Um, go VIP. Check out details. PWTorchVIPinfo.com. Get this show without ads, without plugs. And 30-plus years of archives of podcasts and old radio shows, new VIP-exclusive podcasts every day, a new newsletter each week, 1,500 back issues, add-free access to our website on mobile and desktop, and more. There's a lot to tell you about. Just go read about it on our storefront page, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Thanks for giving me the uh, the green light to give a plug there, Scott. Uh, Jake, um, yeah, I, th- I think this – we didn't really get into this, but Randy – He's not with dual branded pay per views. I think there's a little more flexibility on who that's who the WWE champion is, where you don't have to count on the championship necessarily ending the show. Not that that's a rule, obviously. Uh, but on a SmackDown only brand, it's awkward if it's if it's not very often the main event, kind of like CM Punk's title reign. Uh, so you could get away with Randy having another title run, but I just don't think he's been performing at a level where that's a match that people are going to subscribe to the network because they don't want to miss the next big Randy Orton match. That said, if as a heel, it, it sparks a little more energy and interest in his matches, I, I definitely won't rule it out. What what do you think is the ceiling for this this Randy Orton stint? Well, I, I think he's always a threat to be in the world championship picture. I, I think the question is, 
you know, they only have so many baby faces for him to feud with on SmackDown, like which, you know, pick one of them. Uh, there's only like four or five. So it's, you know, if and, that, and that includes them, Primo. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so either they're going to do some kind of mid year, you know, roster adjustment or, uh, you know, whatever they can do to get more baby faces up to the show for, you know, these heels to feud with, or they're going to have to do some alignment swaps or something along those lines. But I'm, I'm guessing he'll end up feuding over the U S championship until they can figure something else out for him to do. I mean, I, I think they would probably want to have styles and Samoa Joe together for at least a couple of months. And so I would think it would be fall or maybe towards the end of the year at the earliest before you'd see him in the world title picture. Uh, another uh, email from Ryan from Shrewsbury, Mass, just says, this has been the most interesting and engaged Randy Orton has been since, what, 2011? Um, and, I, I mean, I think that says something about how people have been feeling about him. And this is this is a potential spark, so we'll see. All right, uh, let's go to this from uh, Paul L. from Ridge, New York. I'll start off with the usual Go VIP. I already gave my plug. Thanks, so. First thought on SmackDown, Orton's back and a heel. Nakamura is a heel. Joe is still a heel. Miz is a heel. So that just leaves big faces, AJ and Brian. Hopefully they seriously think about turning a wrestler with a day named after him, Babyface, soon. I wonder who that could be. Also, I think they need to do something to get non-NXT fans to know more about NXT call-ups. What do people really know about Sanity or even Andrade Siano Moss right now? They have a great video package department. Why not do something with them? Almas would make for a great one, talking about how Vega turned his career around. Final thought, if Becky doesn't win, I riot. If having Carmella beat Asuka and Charlotte was all for Becky to get the title at SummerSlam, I'm all for it. If not, well, they're going to have some very mad fans in Brooklyn. So uh, a few things there. Um, he's underlining you know, the, what we've been talking about, the, the shallow babyface roster being an opportunity now for Rusev to turn babyface. I, I thought the segment with Aiden English, Jake, was... was Missing one aspect, because when Aiden was pleading with Lana to for forgiveness, Aiden sort of felt like the sympathetic figure. I mean, like he was espousing, you know, loyalty, and it was such a big moment for Rusev, and I messed it up, like actual regret and remorse and, like, exhibiting good traits. There was nothing slimy about him or, or it didn't feel insincere. And the announcer seemed to side with Aiden in the same way. That doesn't really work on a number of levels. I mean, one, if you're going to turn, well, if it does, if you're turning Rusev babyface, the last thing you want is Aiden feeling like, you know, if, if Rusev, if Aiden turns on Rusev, you want people angry at English, not thinking, hey, he apologized, give him a second chance. But even more so, I think the announcer should have said, you know how Aiden English got in this situation? Because he tried to cheat to help Rusev win. That showed a lack of faith in Rusev. And, by the way, we're here to find out who the best wrestlers are, not who the best cheaters are. Aiden English, if you want to not cost Rusev a match, stop interfering in his matches, and then you don't have to feel guilty. Like, I just feel like the announcers, or especially Phillips and Byron, needed to stand up for or, or make a point of the fact that Aiden's not a sympathetic figure. He screwed up a WWE Championship match by sticking his nose into business where it's not supposed to be. Yeah, I think that's just a failure of the approach they take to announcing where they just refuse to have the, I guess, the play-by-play people outright condemn the actions of, of anyone. You know, that wasn't the case, you know, when, when you know, years ago with, with Jim Ross, obviously, uh, where, you know, right. he would make, he would make, 
you know, very fiery moral proclamations from from the announce booth. And that's just not the case anymore. And I think a lot of these segments sort of lose the the context and the gravity of the actions of the performers because there's nobody there to really hammer home the the really important points. And I think the, the backstage segment uh, with English did cast him uh, somewhat sympathetically, but they sort of left out what Rusev's reaction to this whole thing is. And, and I guess Lana was sort of playing the straight man there, you know, in, in a way where she just didn't really outwardly react right. uh, positively or negatively to what he was saying, just that she would take what he said under consideration, I guess, and told him to, to go speak to Rusev directly, I guess. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know what else she could do, but I, I did find it funny that she had you know, the accent for no, for basically nothing, nothing except the word Rusev, which she <laughs> still pronounces in the Russian uh, <laughs> accent. But uh, yeah, I, I think they, they have something to do with Rusev at this point. They need to turn in babyface, And if they want to, you know, get him and English apart and have them both be baby faces, there's probably a way to get there too. I mean, they, they do desperately need another mid card baby face for some of these heels to have television matches with on a regular basis. We, we don't talk politics a lot on the show, uh, but you know, when I see her, I think about her doing the Vladimir Putin fan club thing. And, you know, Donald Trump, I think, is falling short with a lot of people on turning Vladimir Putin baby face. Um, but it does seem, you know, through one lens that that's maybe been part of the part of the goal here. I, I wonder if uh, Lana can be brought, you know, if they can get Lana back to try to help turn turn Vladimir babyface a little bit. I, I think it might might work better than uh, Donald Trump's attempts this week. Yeah, they they really missed the uh, mark on that Russian bit by just a couple of years. They really could have had something there, man. Yes. Yes. Uh, how about NXT video packages? I uh, I, th- I think they they fail basically universally uh, bringing NXT call ups to the main roster, and I don't know you know where the breakdown is. I mean Triple H is involved you know in both uh, the main roster and NXT, but the creative 
staff is very different, and obviously Vince has the final say on on what makes its television uh, on the main roster. But it just doesn't seem like there's the same level of investment in in those talents as they do the transition, where you know there's there's not the same level of familiarity. Uh, you know, the creative team on the main roster aren't the same people that created those characters in NXT, so they don't have the same fondness and familiarity with them, and so they end up butchering them a lot of the times or not really getting why they were over or important in NXT and I, I really do think that's something that they need to work on whether it's uh, you know better facilitation or conversations between the two creative teams or whatever the case needs to be but there's a, there's a breakdown there that seems to be you know it really doesn't matter who it is or how important they are very few characters survive that transition intact and and have a successful early run straight out of NXT well what about having an NXT update on Raw and SmackDown on a every other week basis, you know, just kind of rotate weeks where there's just, you know, Mauro Ronaldo or Nigel or somebody just says uh, this, you know, here's what's going on in NXT and give a little video recap to it. So people are up to date. It wouldn't hurt. I mean, certainly they they have enough commercial breaks throughout these shows uh, where they're airing plugs for their own content, whether it's you know documentaries or upcoming network specials or whatever the case may be. They yeah. they could certainly fit more NXT material in there. It seems like a conscious choice not to at this point. Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I just don't think they've ever sat down and come up with a a narrative set of rules or structure for, you know, what, what do we acknowledge and what don't we acknowledge about their NXT storylines? And sometimes it's based on Vince not knowing and not caring, and um, he just wants to, you know, take people in his vision and reevaluate how they fit in, in his kind of sports entertainment model. All right. Uh, yeah, and, and if Becky beats Carmella, I think that will probably be better for, for fans. I think there will probably be a backlash if that doesn't happen. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out saving, uh, saving Carmella for Charlotte either. Um, so we'll see. Well, she can end up in the match too. All right, let's say let's go to uh, Brian, who says, "Great job of the podcast. You do a fanta- fantastic job keeping us informed. Thank you, Brian." Uh, what is the deal with WWE having so many matches where the opponent has to defeat the champion in order in order to earn a title shot? While all are not announced in advance, if a champion loses, shouldn't they lose the belt right then and there? Am I missing something? Well. No, this has been, I mean, Brian, this has been done forever. Um, you know, you, you have to earn a title shot, but sometimes you can show how good you are against the champion with the title not on the line. I mean, that doesn't necessarily make sense. It certainly doesn't happen in UFC or boxing where it's like, well, you can take on the champion to prove you deserve a title shot. But it's just part of wrestling, and I think it's, it's, it's been around for so long, and it's not a reason to keep doing it, but it's been around long, and I think in the context of how pro wrestling tells its stories, it works for me. Uh, what do you think, Jake? Yeah, it doesn't bother me um, as long as the story is told and they've built, you know, they build a narrative around it. And I think they, you know, with Becky's promo and, and the backstage promo this week, they they did the best they could to uh, to set that up. I I don't think next week is going to end in a clean finish, which is why I think it's very possible that we end up with multiple women in yeah. the SmackDown Women's Championship match uh, at at SummerSlam, and that's uh, that's kind of what I expect at this point. But I, I really do hope they they make the uh, the right call and put the championship on, on Becky because she's been the most deserving and clearly is one of the most over baby faces on the entire show. Yeah, I wish WWE was more nimble when it came to recognizing when somebody's over, even if it wasn't, quote, part of the plan, and just go with it, ride it. 
I mean, let fans feel good about somebody they like being on top, and it's a great way to get heels over. And you just want emotional engagement, not just you don't want fans just amused passively. You want them to get wrapped up in cheering and, and rooting for someone and rooting against somebody else. That just makes everything more entertaining. Um, so I, I think they come up short, and with Becky, they have that right now. So go with it. It's not like not like it gets in the way of Roman Reigns' push, like Daniel Bryan's popularity did. So just do it. All right, uh, let's see. A couple more questions here. Uh, Zach in Texas. Yay, we got a Zach. SmackDown was a welcome change from the convoluted booking of Raw last night. Everything on SmackDown was pretty straightforward. Almost getting a showcase against Styles, but coming up short. Becky Lynch staking her claim to the women's title. The tremendous segment with Miz and Daniel Bryan. Even the scene with Aiden English going through Lana to try to apologize to Rusev made logical sense. Why can't Raw be this way instead of contradicting itself multiple times per night? Um, It does seem way more often than not, Jake, that that SmackDown is less overbooked and benefits from it in that they just let the wrestlers tell the story that wrestlers can tell and let just step aside. You know, let Becky cut a promo. Let the the wrestlers wrestle and tell a story. And we get more of that. And and I actually think that's uh, an actually more entertaining way to watch wrestling than when WWE tries too hard on Raw to, quote, entertain people uh, by just overbooking things. Yeah, it's definitely a less busy show, and you know they, they aren't afraid to leave people off TV either. I think uh, you know with Raw they have three hours, and so they almost feel obligated to have as many you know people involved in as many segments as possible. So I think they do get themselves into trouble, uh, you know, on the Raw side by overbooking at times. And, and SmackDown is often refreshing, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the lack of that third hour. You just don't feel like you have this big slog to go through every week. <laughs> that is part of it, yeah. Okay, a couple more emails on Becky, and we'll, we'll wrap up. Uh, Brian from Peoria, Illinois says, I have two thoughts regarding Becky Lynch. Based on the tear she's been on, why does she have to beat Carmella next week to earn her way to a title shot? The whole story with her is she's gotten back on track. So after Asuka, there's literally no one who could like claim to being a deserving contender right now. Becky has basically beaten everyone else, including Charlotte. I mean, we talk about SmackDown being logical, but, you know, there is that. I mean... WWE is not particularly good about having a ring ring of contenders that they acknowledge or uh, a ranking system, and they just don't want fans to think that hard about it. But you know, we t- at the top of the show we were like, well, who who is a contender for AJ? And you know, when Paige is making this announcement, the announcers don't speculate. You know, the announcers aren't like, well, you know, here's three, four, five names who who we can come up with. They just leave it. Uh, to fans' imagination, or they don't want them to think that hard about it because you do run into a problem of, well, if not this guy, who else? Or if not her, who else? And I think that is sort of the case with Becky right now. Yeah, I, I guess they've you know they've been pretty good about listing off the people that she's beaten on TV, and that includes you know Charlotte and others. But uh, yeah, they they don't really keep a surprise of who would be next in line for a title shot. They rarely have number one contenders matches that are away from the feud that's happening, you know, over at the current time over a championship. And, and so, yeah, there's, there's a general lack of uh, bookkeeping as far as who, you know, who is the strongest, who has the most momentum, who, who's strung together enough wins to be eligible for a championship match. And I think that just has a lot to do with the, the sports entertainment uh, aspect of the show. It's just not book like a sport they don't really care about keeping track of it in that way and it's been that way for years 
Uh, he also says, not to get ahead of myself, but if Becky Lynch becomes champion and stays babyface, who's left for potential feuds moving forward? In the past month and a half alone, she has plowed through the entire heel side, one after another, in relatively short one-on-one TV matches. I don't know about you, but something seems a little fishy about all of this. It's as if they're deliberately burning through all potential heel matchups for her to set up some sort of swerve in the near future. Or maybe Nikki Cross gets called up, or Oscar or Charlotte turn heel. What do you think? Um, Nikki could get called up. And I like that. I mean, I think that works, and she can join Sanity. Um, Asuka turning heel has some potential, but it's sort of the same pattern as Shinsuke. Um, she'd probably be better as a heel, uh, but it might be too much like Shinsuke. I don't know. I think Charlotte is the most likely of that group, and I think Charlotte's a better heel than a baby face, and I think there's history between those two. And then, yeah, you could have – I don't. I, I mean, I guess they hinted at it, but they didn't do it, but you could have Sasha or Bailey head over to SmackDown too, so – um, Jake, anything more on that topic? Yeah, I, I think you're most you're right. It's most likely Charlotte. I mean, I, I think that's the feud that people have been sort of demanding on this show for quite a while now. I mean, you, if you follow on social media, you know, people want to see one of those two turn heel, and they want to see that match. And so, I, I don't know if they give it to us right away. You know, if one of them captures the championship at SummerSlam, or if they kind of play into a, a longer burn. You know, heading into another show later in the year. But you know, both Asuka and uh, Charlotte would be prime candidates for heel turns i also like the suggestion of nikki cross being called up and you know it does really feel like these uh, women's rosters are a bit imbalanced so maybe you know doing some trades from raw to smackdown and vice versa wouldn't be a bad idea either although it sure seems like bailey thinks it would be the end of the world if she were moved to smackdown yeah, I think Sasha said something similar on on Twitter as well. I, I, I don't I don't know what, so the, what the reasoning would be, but it, it certainly you know it would make for you know entertaining television to mix things up because it does feel like both shows have gotten a little stale. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we got one more email here on Beck. You might as well round it out. Uh, this is from Mean Gene. What's good, Wade and Jake? I know WWE isn't great about planning ahead, but do you think they re- the reason they've been building of Becky so that she wins a title at SummerSlam, and then it's the champion at Survivor Series, and it is the champion at Survivor Series, when they do the whole brand supremacy angle, that would lead to an armbar versus disarmor match. I don't know why, but it seems like what they're building to. I'm a big fan of the show. Thanks, Gene. Um, I mean, when when Bailey and Sasha make their little take their little digs at SmackDown, it does seem like they're kind of planting seeds for... Uh, Survivor Series already. You know, oh God, don't move me to the other brand. I'm loyal to Red. There's no rational reason that that gets brought up of why. It's not like, you know, I would hate working for Shane, but not Stephanie or Paige. I I didn't get along with Paige, but I love Kurt. It's just like, they don't even explain it. Uh, But is there a chance, uh, going kind of back to the, the core of the question, that they do do a Becky and Ronda Rousey match at Survivor Series as a Brand versus brand, maybe without the titles on the line, but match the two champions up. I know, that's a good question. I guess I hadn't thought about it that way. I mean, it seems like they would be better off having two women's championship matches on that show rather than just one. Because yeah. I'm just envisioning, you know, you put the champions against each other, and then you're probably going to have like another women's match that involves like 15 people in one match or something. Cause that's typically what they do yeah. uh, to give all the other women something to do. So I think I'd, I'd rather see them build more than one meaningful feud for, for a big show like SummerSlam. So I, I guess that wouldn't be my preference, but I, I guess I can't rule it out. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, cool. Uh, well, thanks, uh, Jake. Appreciate your time tonight. Always a pleasure, Wade. Thanks for having cool. me. Absolutely. And uh, thanks to our on-site correspondent, Mike, and our emailers and our callers. Uh, by the way, don't forget to check out our sister website, pwpodcasts.com. It's like the Rotten Tomatoes of pro wrestling podcast websites. You get written reviews and analysis of what is being said on popular pro wrestling personality hosted podcasts. And it's a chance to catch up on what you haven't had a chance to listen to yet, help you decide what to listen to, or just see what our writers thought of the shows that you just listened to that they also listened to. So check it out at pwpodcasts.com. And check out, of course, pwtorch.com. Every day there are new updates, live TV coverage of Raw and SmackDown and WWE pay-per-view reports, plus MLW, NXT, Impact, uh, ROH, and everything else, plus breaking news stories, TV ratings, flashbacks, special editorials that you won't find anywhere else, humor, hard-hitting points of view, and more at pwtorch.com. If you visit that every day, you will find content that you will not find anywhere else on other wrestling websites. So make it one of your stops, create a bookmark, a tab, or home screen button, pwtorch.com. Follow me on social media at the Wade Keller and at pwtorch on Twitter. That's at the Wade Keller and at pwtorch. Also follow us on Instagram now at pwtorch. And on Facebook, you can friend me at facebook.com slash wadekellertorch and like our brand at facebook.com slash pwtorch. And that'll do it for me for today. Thank you, everybody. Oh, go VIP if you haven't yet. Check out details at least at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And one more plug, PW Torch Livecast, my whole team of uh, contributors who host podcasts on specific themes and topics are available to you for free. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere that you listen to wrestling podcasts. And there are seven shows per week, one new show every day covering MMA, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It's called MMA Talk for pro wrestling fans. Uh, NXT, ROH, Impact, The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks, which included his post-call-in show following, or his uh, post-extreme rules call-in show following the pay-per-view on Sunday night. And then also the best of edition on Fridays. So uh, check it out. It's uh, the PW Torch Livecast. You can stream some of the shows live at pwtorchlivecast.com. You can check out the schedule and details on all the shows there. Or just subscribe by searching PW Torch. That will do it for me. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Until the Thursday flagship with Jason Powell later this week on the Blue Feed on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is Wade Keller signing off.
Don't forget, a way to support PW Torch when you shop Amazon is start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Instead of going right to the Amazon homepage, start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. You'll see a giant Amazon logo. Just click on that. It takes you right to the Amazon homepage. But they know that we sent you there, and uh, we get credit. We get a commission for that. So next time you're going to shop at Amazon, think of us and start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.